welcome to the second episode of the Sample Study. I'm very glad that you're here. The date is Thursday, May 4th, 2017, and I'm your host, Too Mellow, standing at attention in front of my music production software. Here at the Sample Study, I take just one sampled song per episode. I take the song that it's sampled in, uh, recreate the beat by hand, and analyze how the producer who sampled it got from having a record in their hand to having the sample on a record of their own. Uh, if you already attended the first session, I'm glad to have you back. If this is your first time listening, welcome. So before we get into it, I want to do a little production note and say that I've decided to produce the sample study in seasons, uh, with 10 episodes per season, so this would be season 1, episode 2. I'm doing this essentially so I can set myself up to potentially catch a break between seasons if I require it, depending on what the workload of this show is going to feel and look like 8 episodes from now. So far, it's been fine. And so that I can eventually give the show a clean break if it ever does end, uh, instead of being one of those podcasts that has like episode 53 on a dead website, I'd rather, you know, uh, for the legacy of the sample study and thinking way ahead, I know, to be like episode 100 or episode 120, season 12. I also want to thank everyone who listened for the really positive response that shows I may not be closing the uh, podcast anytime soon. I've been getting a lot of good word on Twitter and emails that people are enjoying the format uh, from the first episode, and it seems like I do indeed have something going. Uh, one thing I was ready to be concerned about is the highly edited nature of the show. I'm usually running off a script, and I have pre-cooked these samples, so to speak. I do this to keep things moving along and keep the show very short. Um, I think editing is important with a single speaker, but when I do guest shows, it'll obviously be very hands-off and freeform. Some of you might think you want my unedited production process, but you really, really don't. Some of these beats have taken two or three hours to make so far, uh, and most of that time is spent just playing the original song, playing my sounds in comparison with it, and then making in small adjustments because I'm a perfectionist. That's why. So, for this session, I'm going to dig a little deeper and go with a song and artist you may not have heard before if you're not an avid hip-hop listener. Uh, but hey, stick around because I want you to become one, okay? Uh, Space Oddity uh, by David Matthews, a cover of the famous David Bowie track, contains an unbelievably funky guitar segment that was sampled by producer and MC MF Doom. That's all caps, that's how you spell the man's name. Uh, in the song Rap Snitch Knishes from his 2004 album, Mmm, Food? That's, that's how it's typed. In this case, Doom did something that I often find myself doing as a crate digger, which is taking an LP with a heavily sampled song on it, in this case being David Matthews' Dune. And instead, he went for another track on the album that is untouched. Typically, albums are produced with a cohesive style and the same musicians throughout, uh, you know, less and less as time goes on, but in the days that we're grabbing samples from. Uh, so it only makes sense that an album with one very flippable song would contain others like it. Uh, flip is slain for the process of turning a sample from a song into a beat. David Matthews' Space Oddity, released in 1977, is a jazz funk cover of the David Bowie song of the same name and a masterpiece in its own right. The musicians we have on this track are David Matthews, the arranger, uh, Hiram Bullock on guitar, Randy Brecker on trumpet, George Coppola on vocals, uh, Mark Egan on bass, and Sanford Allen on strings. Andy Newmark and Steve Gadd are doing the drums. 
with a powerful orchestral section at the beginning that actually sounds like a rocket ship taking off, a really addictive groove, uh, angelic duet vocals, a string arrangement at the end that is so unexpected and breathtaking, and a soaring guitar solo, which is what we're mainly here to talk about. Uh, Let's listen to that now. The song is on a jazz-funk concept album based around the Dune series, recorded at the famous Electric Lady Studios in New York. The A-side is all Dune-based tracks, and the B-side is other sci-fi tangents, including Space Oddity, of course, a cover of the Silent Running movie theme, uh, Princess Leia's theme, and the main theme from Star Wars, which it really makes sense that uh, in 1977 you would, of course, do some Star Wars tracks. This may seem like a weird record pool for rap music, Uh, And it kind of is, but if you're a Doom fan, you know that he's heavily into science fiction and that this is the exact kind of record that he would grab out of a crate and go listen to. The Dune-inspired song Sandworms, which is on this album, has been sampled many times, actually, by Large Professor, Method Man, and Red Man, uh, Mad Lib, and Pete Rock. Uh, Obviously, some other producers had their hands on this record, but nobody else touched the Space Oddity cover. David Matthews was born in Sonora, Kentucky. That's not too far uh, from where I, your host, am from. He started playing trumpet as a child and developed an interest in jazz in his teens. The legendary James Brown offered him his first recording gig, and he eventually went on to become a leader, arranger for CTI Records, that's Creed Taylor Industries, or Incorporated, maybe Incorporated, and Matthews worked to find the last half of their glory years uh, due to his ability to create strong and saleable funk music, uh, which is something he demonstrated during his time working with James Brown. Oh, and just in case there's any confusion, I'm not talking about David Matthews of the Dave Matthews Band, and that is the last time I will be uttering that name on this show. I told people on Twitter that I had a pretty good backstory for the sample of this episode. Well, the Dune album has some legal drama behind it that happens to make it a pretty rare dig. According to Brazil's leading jazz producer and CTI Records historian Arnaldo de Sotierlo, it was an artistically successful project that turned out to be a commercial fiasco thanks to the imprudence of CTI's legal management. See, CTI hadn't gotten the rights to use the novel Dune as the thematic centerpiece for the album from the author Frank Herbert. Uh, I believe that it was due to Creed Taylor's insistence that this album have the theme of Dune, uh, which sucks that they wanted that but then didn't make the efforts to clear it. And this all resulted in Frank Herbert uh, clearly not being a fan because he filed a lawsuit against CTI and won forcing the label to delete this album from their catalog. It was never reissued in the USA after its initial 1977 release, although a CD reissue came out in Japan by Keen Records in 1994. Uh, So I'd say if Doom owns a copy of this record, it's indeed a rare one. It's an amazing album, and it's really a shame that it had an unfortunate release like this. Yeah, so a lot of trivia for that sample. But let's now move on to the sampler. MF Doom does, I think, all of his production himself when things are coming out under his name and uh, production for other artists, too. 
He's also a talented MC, and it's actually rare to have a prolific producer also be a talented MC. We will have a few of those pop up on this show, but there's not many. Briefly, MF Doom is an artist who was part of the group KMD in the 90s, disappeared for a while, and reemerged as an underground figure who heavily bases his persona off Dr. Doom, character from the Fantastic Four, hiding his face with a metal mask at public appearances. He has many alter egos based off other geek culture like King Ghidorah, named after the kaiju monster as Godzilla's enemy, a mad villain, a manifestation of all comic villains, and Victor Vaughn, uh, which is a play on Dr. Doom's real name, Victor Von Doom. He's known for putting staccato snippets of drum breaks over some pretty gorgeous samples. We studied Pete Rock's complex layering approach to uh, samples last time. Doom isn't really so much about that. He tends to stick to a single sample layer, and in my opinion, it works well for the sounds he chooses. Rap Snitch Knishes is a song from the album Mm Food, the title of which is an anagram for MF Doom, and the subject is food. Every song is named after a certain dish, and the subject matter is often standard rap fare, but delivered through food metaphors. It's pretty tasty, and I think you'll agree after a small sample of the delicious Rap Snitch Knishes. Rap snitches, telling all their business Sit in the court and be their own star witness Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here Fuck around, get the whole label sent up for years Uh, Rap snitches, telling all their business Sit in the court and be their own star witness Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here Fuck around, get the whole label sent up for years uh, Type profile low, like eight and paid in full Attract heavy cash, cut the game centrifugal Mr. Fantastic, long though like elastic Got my life with twin clocks that's made out of plastic it's unique in the sense that it's focused on rap snitching. Can't think of a lot of other songs off the top of my head that do that this well. Mr. Fantastic is a good friend and collaborator of Doom, and I would really love to hear them do a whole album together because every feature Fantastic has done is excellent. It's got a unique sound to it, you know, thanks to the unique arrangement of the original sample. When I first heard it, I remember thinking that it had kind of like a, a Miami Vice vibe to it. Not like the actual soundtrack of Miami Vice because it's very synthesized, but the spirit of Miami Vice. Or like Starsky and Hutch, I guess. Action cops in Viceland. So, in the first episode, I mentioned the Boondocks cartoon in my discussion of trivia surrounding the sample. Well, this MF Doom song also has some history with the Boondocks. The subject of the song is obviously rap snitching, the phenomenon where, pe- uh, bleh, where rappers will say some sensitive information on a track, usually for bragging's sake, that is actually harmful to them or someone else. Well, Season 2, Episode 3 of The Boondocks, Thank You For Not Snitching, is built on the topic of snitching, and one segment features the in-universe rapper Gains Delicious rapping over a beat that sounds a whole lot like an original version of Rap Snitch Knishes. It being a pretty obscure song, I jumped out of my seat when I heard this, uh, especially because I was kind of sort of waiting for the reference for the whole episode, and they finally did it. If you watch the Boondocks, you know that Aaron Magruder, the creator, loves Doom and has placed a lot of the music from Doom and Mad Lib's Mad Villainy album into the show already. So this is unmistakably a reference, and it's a really good one. A lot of the things I talk about on this show are discovered through research, But this in particular is just something that will be lodged in my brain forever. Okay, students. So now that I've introduced the sample and the sampler, it's time to head into the lab. 
So up front, this sample is a lot more simple than the last episodes. Uh, what Doom has done here is take this sample from David Matthews' Space Oddity at 2.07. And he slowed it down to 95 BPM. And as we discussed in the last episode, that's the speed. And the way a lot of producers will do this is to raise or lower the pitch of the song, which will also alter the speed and get it to the speed they want. Now, unlike Pete Rock earlier, Doom probably did have technology on his side and could have altered the speed of the sample without affecting the original pitch using time stretching. But I believe doing it the old way is just part of his style. So by my estimation, the sample had been raised... Uh, two semitones and 35 cents, or 235 cents, or 2.35 semitones in pitch. So let's do that. One, two, 0.35. Yo. Okay, pitch is the same as in the song now. Now, Doom does make one adjustment to this loop every 16 measures, I think, taking one other part of the song and replacing the last two beats of the loop with it. That part happens to be very easy to find. It's simply two beats beyond the end of the loop. Let's listen. That part provides a really nice resolution uh, to a few repetitions of the loop. I can see why he chose it. It was a really good move. Uh, so I'm going to apply just a little EQ to this sample to make it sound more like Doom sampling. First, I'm going to reduce the low-mid frequencies by 3 dB. I'm going to raise the high-mid area by 1.8 dB. And I'm going to shelve off the high frequencies by 7 dB, which is a lot. A shelf is like a hill shape on my equalizer, so... Imagine a line in the shape of the downward slope of a hill uh, just being laid down and flattening those high frequencies. Yo. That's about right. A little bassier, maybe. Speaking of bass, I did notice later on in the song that Doom has keyed in a sub-bass to match the bass line of the sample and put it in very faintly. Bag, nigga. You know your grandma used to be bootlegging... Fake hustling, nigga. <laughs> so I'm going to do the same. It's very subtle. Subtle. Get it. I should explain that a sub bass is often a simple sine wave. There's a few variations you can do to make it deeper, but it's pretty simple. It's a very deep frequency that is made specifically to be heard out of a sub woofer. Any other bass sound may be more full range, so you can hear it no matter what you're listening on, but uh, subs are used when the artist wants people with good sound systems or good bass drivers in their headphones to have the benefits and doesn't necessarily mind if others don't hear what they're doing at all. So here's my sub-bass tracing the sample's bass line. See? You might not have heard that if you're listening with bad headphones. Now you know. Please only listen to my podcast with the finest headphones. Here's the bass and sample together. And the sample without the bass. 
so it's a really light touch. I want to touch on one last thing with the sample. For some reason, and you may have been able to tell this if you're listening in headphones, Doom's version of the sample is in reversed stereo, so the guitar starts in the left ear in the original song, but the right ear in his. I'm not sure if the reverse stereo is a side effect of something in his recording setup or if he did it intentionally because he thought it sounded better, but since this is all about recreating the original sampling, I thought I'd bring attention to it and I'm going to put my sample in reverse stereo as well. Basically just switching everything in the left ear with everything in the right ear, but everything's still there. Now, let's get some drums on this. I kind of just threw my drums in the Pete Rock sample last time, but uh, you know, just cut back to it when they were all on there so y'all could hear it. But the MF Doom sample is uh, way more simple than that Pete Rock sample. Uh, so I'm going to change the way I distribute my time here. And I also think the way Doom samples drums is unique enough to talk about it. Uh, so I want to call attention to the difference between the first snare drum hit in the loop of this song and the others. As you can hear, the first one has time to breathe, Rap snitches, tell but the others are clipped off, very almost unnaturally short. This is something Doom does a lot, placing kicks and snares in an odd, disorderly fashion, uh, but clipping them short in a way that he doesn't try to hide, while other producers might clean something like that up, he's just like, whatever, leave these dirty sample ins. During the production of mm, Food, Doom was using the legendary hip-hop production machine Akai MPC 2000XL, an all-in-one sampler and sequencer with a 16-pad arrangement. You've probably heard of the MPC before if you have any knowledge of hip-hop because uh, some artists will directly reference it in their lyrics. Um, these pads are pressure-sensitive, which means the harder or softer you hit them, your samples can be made to play harder or softer. They can also be set up so that holding them will let a sample play, but releasing them will stop it. With the way Doom's drum samples play, it sounds like he's doing this uh, latter thing, pressing and releasing the pads to control the length of time the samples play. The timing of some of his drums also makes me think he does not use quantization. Quantization is a technical advancement of computer music that allows MIDI inputs, like a note played on a piano or a drum pad pressed, to automatically be conformed to a particular rhythm. You can play a slightly messy drum beat, uh, hit one button, and have the computer line it up perfectly to the beat of the song you're making. Doom's drums seem to keep the messiness that he performed them with, which adds to the charm and suggests that he doesn't often quantize the beats he plays. So I'll let you listen to my drums on their own. I've done the same thing. I lined them up so they have the same messiness and choppiness. Basically, just put them completely in parallel with uh, where the original drums on the beat are. So they're a little thicker, and I'd say technically better than those in the Doom beat, but I have a kind of emotional attachment to the way the original one sounds, so even my own imitation doesn't really do me the same way. Uh, on one of these episodes, I'll get the drums right, you know? Eventually, I'll, I'll, I'll satisfy myself here. Anyway, we now have a passable copy of Rap Snitch Ganishes.
We've seen how MF Doom chose to extract this loop from the original song, increase its speed and pitch, give it a slight variation to resolve the melody, top it with a subtle bass line and a stylishly clipped drum pattern, and then reverse the stereo for no reason that I can see. Anyway, that'll do it for this session of the Sample Study. If you have questions or requests, you can send them on over to samplestudycast at gmail.com with the subject line questions or requests, depending on which one it is. I've already had a few requests come in since the first episode that should make for some real nice studies down the road. Uh, Thanks to everyone who sent those in. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at SampleStudyCast, and you can follow me, your host, to Mello, at MelloMakes. That's Mello without a W. If you want to, I'd really appreciate some reviews on iTunes or Google Play. It really does help to have that positive response right underneath the episode when people go to check out the podcast. Currently, I handle the hosting and production costs of this show on my own, and I would appreciate support if you enjoy what I'm doing here. It does take six to ten hours to research, write, and produce an episode. That time varies uh, based on how hard it is to reproduce the beat. And that is a pretty large amount of time of unpaid work in the schedule of a freelancer like me. My Patreon is patreon.com slash 2 That's the number two and mellow without a W. And you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash 2 The links to do this is on the uh, Sample Study Cast webpage right under where the episodes are posted. You can purchase mm, food at pretty much anywhere you would get music. But one thing I want to note is that the track order is sometimes different. And the final track of the album, Cookies, has a much superior version on the first LP release from 2004. All the other versions have an inferior remix due to the Sesame Street sample for the track not being legally cleared, which is a real shame. Speaking of legal issues, David Matthews' Dune is apparently past its legal issues and is now also widely available. I just looked it up on iTunes and there it was, so I guess Frank Herbert cleared that up at some point. Or they just don't care and they're flying under the radar. Boy, we're going to talk more about that as we get along in the series. Uh, Thanks so much to MF Doom and Mr. Fantastic, David Matthews, David Bowie, and most importantly, you, for joining me on this session of The Sample Study. Keep digging. You'll find it.